when you're too cheap to go to the library. The look inside this book club. I'm Becky Selengut. And I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I was just doing yoga just before this, and my, uh, I was going to say my yoga instructor, no, the, the yoga video lady kept saying, soften your gaze. And every, <laughs> every time she said that, not only did I laugh, but I like reached instinctively for my water glass every time. Do you have secret yoga water? So you've, uh, you've trained me well. Yeah, of course. It doesn't okay. everyone. <laughs> sure. She did. She did say like, uh, during, during the yoga lesson, yoga session, what do you call it? Um, uh, but like hold your palms as if as if you're holding two balls no yes no yes it's you know i find it like it depends on the day but when i hear someone saying something with no awareness of euphemism potential it feels like i'm surrounded by innocent babies i know to be fair she did giggle after she said it so (gasps) ah okay I was moderating one of the pantry classes the other night, I think I told you, um, meaning that I wasn't actually cooking or teaching. I was just the, the what I call it, a toggle jockey. A toggle what, jockey? Yeah. What does that I, mean? It means on Zoom, my job is to oh. to- toggle between uh, spotlighting the chef teaching and spotlighting the, f- the ca- overhead glam cam on the food. Okay, that makes sense. And then oh, I sometimes wow. toggle jockey over to the student uh, because they have a question or because they want to show something they're doing and we want to show the class what their paella looks like. or Yeah, they're... I want to show the class what my paella looks like. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Laura, who is often mentioned on the show um, by name, as she hates every time I mention her by name, Laura Piles, <laughs> uh, and so I do it to bug her. Um, she, every time she grabbed for the sausage, and I mean that completely as how it sounds she would just like throw a softball up for me to make some sort of comment and i resisted for the first half glass of wine but second second half glass of wine I so was she on. kept saying like i'm gonna grab this sausage over or here whatever yeah, yeah she kept saying just stuff about the, the sausage and and then she started stroking it at one point and i was like come on like of you course know, i don't have that much control now i i was i was thinking about your your uh, online cooking classes uh yeah. the other day because i was wondering whether you like whether people in the zoom are allowed to talk or like student are students all muted and if not have you had the opportunity yet to mute someone who really deserved it because <laughs> i know that's your fantasy it is my fantasy. Over, over many years of teaching cooking classes, you finally have the mute it button does, you've always wanted. It does feel like intense control. Um, no, I have not yet, like, mid-sentence muted someone. <laughs> uh, It'll happen. I, it, it, it may. Uh, we there, tend- someone's going to show their paella during just, the class. Like, I know people keep saying, like, when things get back to normal, and I, I'm, I'm sure you're at the same stage where I sort of internal eye roll at that, because I just don't even know if that's possible. But Yeah, I don't think so. If, if things do return to sort of a new normal where we actually cook in one room together, it's going to be a real loss to not be able to mute all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really is a, an amazing power to press a button and everybody goes quiet and you just oh yeah no i have you muted right now (laughs) you're an asshole yeah that's right well i turned Um, i turned this off i'm just talking to my dog right now so (laughs) okay so we're doing something special today right we're doing something very different today um we are going to read the um unfinished works 
the grand unfinished works of me and Matthew of the uh, romance novel we were writing, and we're going to trash it like we do all other books. Yeah, um, now, I'm a little nervous about this because the, the first chapter was written by you, so, so it's just going to be mostly you us trashing, trashing you. Yeah, mostly me trashing you. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? Paybacks are a bitch, as they say, and next week is your turn. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think we're gonna do this for two weeks. Like you you'll read your part this week and I'll read my part next oh. week. And oh. then we'll, we'll go back to our usual trash. Oh really? Well we haven't really discussed that, so maybe we'll we'll talk about that offline. Well, I mean, okay. Because <laughs> I thought we were going for it. <laughs> I don't I I, th- I think the the listeners would revolt. I think there'd be pitchforks. Well, we can always put a poll up because that's my new favorite. That's right. You do love putting a poll up. I do love putting a poll up. And, you know, we'll put a poll up and then we'll see what people say on the poll. Okay. All right. So, wait, is this book called Seized by Balls? Is that what it's called? Uh, Let's just say that for now. Okay. This book is called Seized by Balls uh, by uh, Matthew Amster Burton and Becky Selengett. No, your your name is definitely first. (laughs) No, that that was an on purpose decision that I just made. Um, all right, shall we? I'm ready. Okay, chapter one. Linny. Well, right away, I mean, what were we thinking? We did not Linny. go with Linny. We didn't go with a classic four-letter Well, does the, does the female protagonist usually have four letters also? Ooh, good point. I think, I think we've got, we've had a lot of like Britney's and, well, the Britney's the only name that comes to mind. Uh, I've uh, what is the male protagonist's name? Because I'm already forgetting our book. Trav. Oh, perfect. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're right. I think I think I think Linny kind of works. All right, all right. I like that we like we immediately <laughs> just the first name. We're already we're already off topic. Okay, chapter one. Linny. Linny, get over here. Sammy called from somewhere behind and below the massive teak bar. What now? I could hear bottles clanking and some indistinguish indistinguishable words coming from the bar. Well, you could always followed by a disem- disembodied hand holding a wine bottle in the air. Hey, by our book way, is pretty funny. By the way, have you like touched eyes on this for like have eight I, months? What? <laughs> touched eyes. The, yeah, that's a normal expression that you hear all the time. <laughs> laid eyes. Have I laid eyes on this manuscript? Yes. Uh, in not a long since, time. No. No. So it'll be like it's all new again. So when you say there was a disembodied hand, is this a horror romance? Because it sounds like there's like a like a severed hand like clutching at a wine bottle that's like tipped over on the bar, and Lenny is going to have to solve the murder. You know, I have no idea. It's been so long since I wrote okay, this good. that it very well could be a horror story. So right. let, let's keep reading. Uh, uh, followed by a disembodied hand holding a wine bottle in the air. My bartender, Samantha Peters, was also my best friend. We've been working together for the last four Peters. years. Peters. Uh, we'd also been working together. For, and also, I hate that. Sam Peters. Like, who? Two first names, male names for a woman. It just, I don't know. Who came up with that? Was that you? Yeah, you came up with that. Name. Okay, it was me. We'd been working. It annoys me. And if I was reading a book that I did not write, I would take a moment to say yeah, that. Yeah, of course. This, this is like a self-hating exercise. <laughs> no, I love it so far. Of course you do, because it's my words. Um, we've been working together for the last four years. The first three were a mutual slog through a few restaurants in Seattle, biding our time until I could open my own place and poach half the staff we worked with. Um, mutual slog. 
Like mm. every every often, actually, on the show, we hear uh, there's a phrase that I want to hear in like a death metal voice, and I can't do anything remotely like a death metal voice. But I feel like you know, like a like a metal singer saying "mutual slog" would be pretty awesome, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a monster truck thing too yes yes come to mutual slog <laughs> this sunday at the tacoma dome yeah. it, it will be live streamed no audience will be in attendance or it could you be can like sit a, on the edge of your seat at home or it could be like a death metal 4-h thing and called be called mutual hog a death metal 4-h i love that <laughs> The first three were a mutual slog through a few restaurants in Seattle, biding our time until I could open my own place and poach half the staff we worked with. By the now, way, I like poach half the staff because as a chef, that goes very literal for me. Oh, yeah. Like at any given restaurant, half the staff deserves to be poached. Um, when you said there was a mutual slog through several restaurants, I assume that you have some specific restaurants in mind. I think you should name them because... What? <laughs> what? Why? I, I don't know. Just because restaurants like deserve to be kicked while they're down, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm abandoning this bit. <laughs> yes. In fact, the whole bit's making me rather sad right now because restaurants are dead. <laughs> it's a fantasy novel. It is. a. It's a fantasy novel. Oh... Okay, I just took a moment to make us some sign of the cross-ish thing. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first three were mutual slog through a few restaurants in Seattle, biding our time until I could open my own place and poach half the staff we worked with. We'd been miserable working in those molten dens of mediocre food and handsy oh, employers. Oh, pretty good. And handsy employers and molten dens. <laughs> and we had spent many a late night deep into our cups, spinning ideas for a different kind of restaurant. This was years before hashtag me too, and that didn't, but that didn't mean we weren't sharing our stories. It was enough to make anyone swear off men. I was pretty happy with that line because that is very classic romance. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like like I don't like I'm over romance. Like this didn't work out for me. I'm just gonna like do my own thing and like I'm never gonna fall in love again. Except right? for like four paragraphs later when she yeah, yeah, has course. a meet cute. <laughs> Well, you could always jump onto my team, continued Sammy, not skipping a beat from our earlier conversation where I told her I'd be single for the rest of my life. She grabbed the wine key and opened a sample bottle the distributor dropped off and poured out two glasses. Nice. I, I wish it were that easy. I'd love to join your team, but what woman wants to date someone who's theoretically lesbian but actually straight? That's okay. fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, and even though it's been so long, I wouldn't recognize one if it hit me in the head. You know, you know I like... Uh, la, 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 la. Sammy was sticking her fingers in her ears. Are you done talking? Mom's got an appetite to maintain, and it's almost wait, wait. Time. So, so like, she, she wouldn't know, like, like if if she got slapped in the head by the, by yeah. an errant penis. Exactly. <laughs> I, what what was that? I reached out and poked Sammy in the arm. Oh, give me a glass. Leave me alone. I'm just saying, Linny. It's been forever, and two failed Tinder dates from hell don't count. I'm oh. No, I want to hear more about these two failed dates. I don't care if it's in the book or not. Just improvise it. I literally can't remember. I want to know I want to know that you're not going to dry up completely like the Sahara Desert. Sammy sipped the Cabernet sample, swallowed thoughtfully and added, tapping mm, her finger Cabernet on the box. Cabernet sample. <laughs> That's it, my favorite my favorite kind of wine. Like ask me what my three favorite wines are. What are your three favorite wines? Uh number 1, free wine. Okay. Uh number 2, leftover wine that's in someone else's glass that's also free. And number three, uh, dessert wine. <laughs> it's amazing we're friends after that. 
<laughs> There's so many things what? wrong are with saying, all that. Are you saying you don't like free wine? Because if you're saying that, I don't believe you. I actually don't like free wine. And here's why. <laughs> Most of the free wine I've had in my life is real crap. Mm. It's now, at like book signings or at your house. <laughs> that's true. Or... Any free wine you get at my house is not going to be good. Um <laughs> But yeah, actually, I recently I was looking for some from uh, for some red wine for a recipe and found that there are like a couple of bottles in in our house. And I don't know what they are or how long they've been here, but they're going to like turn into a stew at some point. I'll probably drink some alongside the stew and it'll be fine. You wouldn't like it. Maybe I would. It depends. Maybe you would. Maybe Maybe they're they're hidden treasures from my cellar. I've been to your house. I've seen your quote unquote cellar. I don't and have a cellar. Exactly. So, um, I th- yeah, I think it's a safe bet to say I probably wouldn't like it, but I don't, not in a probably snobbish not. way. Just I think it it might be like I don't know. You probably got it on deep discount. Oh, I think it's someone someone like brought it over as a gift. Oh, then it, then it so might, it might be, be good. good. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think most of my friends are just as cheap as I am. So. Excuse me. I mean, with with one exception, <laughs> but <laughs> everyone else who's listening. You know who you are. Yeah. Sammy sipped the Cabernet sample. Linny, Sammy. I know. What's up? Swallowed thoughtfully and added, tapping her finger on the bar. My bye phase was brief, but I bet I know my way around a peen better than you. And that, my friend, is nothing I'm proud of. And you shouldn't be either. Okay. Oh, my God. Did you say peen? peen? I did. Why um, did I say isn't, peen? Like, isn't the phrase ball peen hammer just like never not funny? It's always funny. Right? Yeah. Peen is a really gross word. I can't believe I came up it with is. that. It is. Well, it's like, it's because it's like so baby talkish, right? It kind of. And you're baby I talking about an adult male penis, so it's not cool. Don't say, a, Tim, what, can Tim. you put adult, adult male penis on the list? Oh my God, I got you. I've been waiting days and weeks and months, and <laughs> it sounds like something you'd hear, like like in a in a lecture. Like uh, my my TED talk today is about uh, the, the adult, adult male, penis. male penis. Penis. What does it look like? How do you feel about penis? <laughs> like uh, like uh, tennis only with penises. I think it would be hard to hold the racket. The score is love, love. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Well, it's not like there's hot, enlightened men running around throwing themselves on me, and my track record is pretty poor. <laughs> throwing themselves on me? I like that. <laughs> anyway, well, what was the expression? Yeah, on me. Throwing themselves at me, usually, but oh, on me is oh, better. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I... Uh... Throwing themselves in me. Ew. Anyway, they look good on the outside, but they're all the same at the core. My voice trailed off, and I stared out the window. <laughs> oh, and then cue some sappy music. Yep. I, I can hear it like the the lonesome the lonesome singer songwriter acoustic guitar is coming in right about now. It's like I wrote a screenplay. Oh my gosh, my voice trailed off and I stared out the window. And you know I'm always hot for the absolute worst of their kind, despite myself. I got it. I, some... I want to option this for film. Can I do that? You sure can. Um, I'm gonna like we're gonna we're gonna say the option is gonna be for uh, fifteen dollars. It never it never expires. Oh God! You know you do a lot of things for me in my life, but manager is not going to be one of them. Oh no no no! I'm not your manager. I'm the I'm the producer who's taking advantage of you. Yeah. Oh okay. Then you're you're doing it just just right. So I'm doing an excellent job. Excellent job. 
Uh, da, da, da. I gathered up some dirty dishes off a nearby table and placed them in a bus tub. Not again. I'd rather dry up. My last relationship was with an ill-advised coworker, a hard-partying man-boy who I worked a line job with at a quote-unquote gourmet taco bistro. A culinary... Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> a culinary oxymoron that didn't deserve to be as popular as it was. Um, how was his peen, though? We're going to find out. Okay. Brushing shoulders with Jax and his ropey forearms in the depths of a steamy restaurant while negotiating a ticket-ridden rail would have been catnip to most. Jax? I, like J-A-X? J-A-X. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. I don't blame myself. Oh, by the way, I don't know if this was obvious. We kind of said it, but when we wrote half of this book, Matthew and I would, I was Linny, he was what? Trav. 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 And we would just write a chapter, send it to each other, and then send it to the other, and then they would write back. So Half I, is very generous. I think we got like three, four chapters in maybe out of like 30. <laughs> oh, true. We had, yeah. I, I still believe in this book. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, where was I? I keep getting lost in this. Um, uh, you were brushing up against Jax. Oh, his ropey forearms. I was pretty happy with ropey, <laughs> ropey. For, uh, ropey yeah. forearms. Because ropey, um, wor- ropey is a word used in, uh, uh, as you probably are aware, like with semen. And it really grosses me out. Um, I, I usually use it as a term to describe the texture of a good wine. Oh, Like my. A, a ropey Merlot. Never, ever. Tim, ropey Merlot. On his list. <laughs> that's my. Because now I'm thinking that, of jizz that's the and a stage Merlot. name I used when I was a clown. <laughs> hey kids, I'm Ropey Merlot. <laughs> okay. I I've been uninvited from this party. You know, you took something that was already like maybe an eight out of ten on the disturbing mm. thing, and then you took it to a ten with adding that's clown, why I'm clown, your clown voice. Oh God, that's bad. <laughs> I don't blame myself for our eight-month tryst, but what kind of relationship did I expect when I knew he was snorting coke in the bathroom to make it through his shifts and drinking until 4 a.m. to dull any emotions that might try to emerge? It Can ended... eight months be considered a tryst? Mm, true. I'm going to go edit that right now. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. We literally have the power to edit. That's, That's true. This. Oh, I don't you... know okay. if I can handle this. No, I'm doing it right now. What, what okay. do you think is a, is a tryst? An, um... Three? Yeah, let's make it three. Okay. We're literally, this is exciting, Litvik listeners. We are we are reading our book and we are editing it. You know what else we could do? We right could give now. all the listeners edit access to the document. <laughs> to this dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> and just see what happens. Oh, how about this? When we get to, oh. um, instead of, instead of, or maybe in, a, in addition to, when we get to 30 patrons, we allow uh, a guest, a, a guest paragraph, a guest what oh i think that might I mean, be that might be good we can't but we can't stop people from writing uh trev and or linny or linny and sammy fanfic. fan fiction right now <laughs> or we could base a character off of one of our fans that's oh an, yeah that's without their idea. permission no with their permission <laughs> oh that might be a disincentive to support us <laughs> right exactly <laughs> okay I'm, I'm gonna go back to to the book okay uh, uh blah, blah, blah. uh it ended cerem- unceremoniously at three months um, when he got fired for shocker snorting coke-, coke in the bathroom in front of customers who weren't pleased when he offered it up to them. Last I heard, he was bouncing around line in prep cook positions, sexy when you're 25, not so much when you're 35. Mm-hmm. I've always been ambitious, and I attribute this to growing up poor and seeing my mother work two jobs to keep our rent paid while my alcoholic father drank up his own paychecks. 
Ooh, we got heavy. My yeah. aunt, my I aunt... feel like this is one of those books, right? Like rewind to right before the alcoholic father part. Yeah. Like um, this is one of those books where the author knows a lot about something and wants to make sure all the all the readers know that that uh, she knows a lot about it. Oh, harsh criticism. Right? Yes, and, and yes. <laughs> oh no, like that's me. You're talking never, about. I would never do such a thing. Like no. write an entire novel that is a thinly disguised version of of the Your college playlist. that I went to and all the dumb <laughs> shit that my friends and I did and all the music I want you to know that I like. But if so, <laughs> so this is this is legitimate criticism from someone who would never do such a thing. Hey, you write what you know. I think I've I made it's that true. up. I might I made that up. My aunt Beth married into a rich family and snuck me a hundred dollar handshakes and much more to my mom when my dad wasn't looking. But it was still paycheck oh. to paycheck, and I basically grew up semi feral, taking on. You know what's hard to do is hundred dollar elbow bumps. Oh, that is. I very guess the true. elbow bump thing didn't last very long, huh? No, I don't like it when people do it. Well, because, like, yeah. yeah. Or the foot kick. That that seems so contrived. Or, yeah, or like the, the like, um, thing where you just, like, s- stick, like, one finger up someone's ass. <laughs> that really took off in certain neighborhoods. It did, yeah. They're having other kinds of medical problems right now. <laughs> A lot of a lot of perforations. <laughs> um, the hundred dollar handshake reminded me of something I talked about with a friend yesterday, which is this very physical memory I have of my grandmother opening up my hand, putting like a twenty dollar bill into the palm of my hand, pressing it into the palm of my hand, wrapping my fingers around it, squeezing my whole hand, and saying, "What you're describing is the beginning of a close up magic trick." And then the next thing is she she says, "Open your hand," and the money is gone. <laughs> and then she laughs and pours herself another drink. <laughs> that was a uncle, <laughs> right? Uh, and then my grandmother would hold my hand and say, "Buy something nice and tell everyone it came from grandma," which always seemed like such a self referential thing this is my grandma that wasn't as kind as my other grandmother so it always just seemed like uh like a threat (laughs) so like what what kind of thing would you buy um therapy for my mother who lived with my grandmother okay that's fair um i basically grew up semi-feral taking on part-time jobs after school to help out and eating at the tables of my friends who had much more to offer me in terms of a complete meal my mission was to get out of my town support myself and if all went well make a name for myself I said myself twice. I hate myself. That how did that go by both of us several times? I I mean it sounded to me like you said it like eight times. Okay. So I'm gonna edit this out. Okay, we, how would we write this better? My mission was to get out of my town, support myself, and if all went well, make a name Um for myself. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like we're I writers. I can't, like, I can't like improv edit. Yes, you can. Come on. Um, like, s- she used the phrase seek my fortune. Oh my God. <laughs> Turn it into a fairy tale. Okay. I'm going to go back to that later. We're going to put a pin yeah. in that. <laughs> but first, I had to get out of my house and separate myself from my mom's dysfunctional connection to my dad. Who was you just said as- myself again. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Who was just as like, who is just, there's three myself in such a short period of time, who is just as likely to go on a drunken rampage, screaming obscenities out of some fucked up jealousy that my mom was the one who, he, this my book mom, is a lot darker than I remember. It's just this part. It gets much okay. better. My mom was the one who was actually providing for me and my sister. And my mom refused to kick him out, preferring a known chaos to an unknown future. I grew up in Kent, Washington, a working-class suburb of Seattle. And no, often see, the, it just got darker. <laughs> and often the geographical butt of urban hipsters' jokes. 
Oh, you just oh, called no. yourself out. Oh, wow. That you was just a perfect dug timing. A hole. You put some leaves over the hole or however you, you make one of those traps. Right into it. What do you oh. what do you put over the hole? Oh. Don't answer that. Easy jokes like a bap of Kent Washington, apparently. Mm-hmm. I hated the rising elitism of Seattle when I was growing up, and yet now that I'm here, not exactly sipping the Kool-Aid, but certainly mixing it up while I cater my business to, let's be real, the privileged people who can afford to far- afford a farm-to-table dinner. Don't get me wrong. I was so happy to write that. I love my customers, but when it comes to our backgrounds, I don't have a lot in common with most of them. Ova had only been open for six months. <laughs> I, for- I totally forgot the name of the restaurant, and it's great. But in that time, it had received good press, and while we still weren't full at night, our numbers were growing, and it seemed that people got what we were trying to do. Local seasonal dishes built around the relationships I've developed with farmers and fishermen. When I saw the space... Yeah, op- uh-huh. That's every restaurant. When I, when I saw the space open at 22nd and Union, I jumped at the chance, going into debt to secure it. Three credit cards were maxed out, and my aunt had supplied the rest, and the rent was just barely affordable if and only if we could increase our bottom line. Her aunt put a $100 bill yeah, yeah. into her palm and folded it over. Yes. We're about to get to the really good part. The Central District was rapidly gentrifying, and rich white folks were buying up properties, selling them off to developers, while longtime residents, most of them people of color, were getting pushed out. It was often you tense. said this book was going to get, was gonna get it's, more it's, uplifting. It's, it's about to. It was often tense in the neighborhood, and I hoped I'd be able to carve out some space for my little place and add something positive to the community while not being part of the problem. And the problem could be summed up in one word. <gasps> Balls. 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 Yes. Balls. B-A-L-L-Z. Balls. And you have to sort of scream it because it's all in caps. Balls was a chain grab-and-go, quote-unquote, restaurant popping up all over Seattle with locations all over the world. Based loosely on the concept of international foods in ball form, balls appealed to Seattle's endless supply. Of <laughs> such a good idea. Balls appealed to Seattle's endless supply of tech bros who would line up around the block to get a taste of whatever ridiculous creation Trev, the owner, dreamed up. So this, I remember this now that like we we came up with like what's the stupidest restaurant we concept mm-hmm. we could come up with um, for this for this book, and then like. As I recall, certainly me, and I think both of us realized, like, we really want to eat at this restaurant. And we actually realized that we are sitting literally on a really great idea. Balls. Yeah. And you are actually literally sitting on it. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ouch. His latest opening was right across the street from my restaurant. I'm not sure how many investors he was in bed with or how deep his pockets were. That sounds dirty, Elson. Mm-hmm. But his yeah. business was growing exponentially and seemed to be overtaking the neighborhood like a virus. Oh. That was that, that seems really it's like dramatic foreshadowing. Whoops. Whoops. No longer okay. When Seattle enacted a minimum wage law that would increase wages to fifteen dollars an hour, he was quoted in the paper saying, Fifteen dollars an hour to do what? Serve balls? This law is bad for business and employers. Our profit margin is razor thin. I, I think I know exactly which which local chef we're talking about. <laughs> oh, do you? And yeah. Then, and then he fired half his staff, closed his doors for a week, and reopened with computer screen ordering stations, which these days would actually be quite smart. <laughs> it's a great idea. And he did all of this months before the minimum wage law was to go into effect. Meanwhile, with all his new openings, flashy marketing campaigns, and neon signage literally everywhere you looked, it was clear he was raking it in with far more than a razor-thin profit margin. If I didn't loathe what he stood for, you had to hand it to the guy. He got people to buy garbage food for far too much money because they loved the slick design, simple ordering system, high-calorie gut bombs, and tagging their Instagram posts. Hashtag God, balls. this place sounds so good. I want to see a commercial for balls with like a jingle. Yes. 
balls, balls, balls. All of it was a little too much low-hanging fruit for me. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is that in the book? Yes. Oh, nicely done. (laughs) I didn't know the guy, mind you. I just knew of him from what I read in the paper and what my growing group of loyal customers would say about him. I saw him through my window twice wearing a blue balls hoodie and beanie shaking hands with the line outside of his walk-up window like he was a politician. Okay, 30th patron gets a blue balls. Um, <gasps> wait, did you mean to say blue balls? 30th patron gets blue balls. Oh, I totally did. A blue balls hoodie. Okay, blue balls yeah. hoodie. Got it. Albeit, albeit there's no, there's no um, uh, unintentional, unintentional uh, dirty things in this book. Right. Albeit a very hot politician. Even though I hated what his places stood for, cheap, gimmicky food based on commodity ingredients and a clear lack of concern for community, and the few employees he had left, I couldn't help but envy those lines out the door and those lines of muscles on his forearms when he would push his sleeves up to shake hands. I have a thing. Oh, yes. I have a thing for forearms. (laughs) He didn't know me at all, and that was just fine. Trev was exactly the kind of guy I wanted nothing to do with. Oh. Is that the end of the chapter? That is the end of the chapter. Oh, wow. Perfect timing. Is it? Because, like, that, yeah, that was the length of an episode. Oh, you're up next, Matthew. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to meet Trev. Yeah, I am too. As I recall, he's a very nice guy <laughs> who you're going to love. Who is bringing you, like, the cutting-edge, groundbreaking, dirty humor during these tough times, if not me and Matthew? That's right. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, you can't, I mean, this. You can't get this book anywhere else. That's true. That's absolutely you true. Can't, you can't buy it because it's only four chapters <laughs> long and unedited. You can't download um, it. You can't even um, make it go away. You could you could <laughs> transcribe it based on us reading it on the show and, and like design a cover and put it up for sale and, mm-hmm. and give us the proceeds. Yeah. So next week, Matthew's going to read the, his chapter, the, the Trev Taylor chapter. And then after that, I'll put up a poll and see if you want us to keep reading. The Trev Taylor chapter sounds like a ska band. All right. We'll see you next see time. See you next time. Did you just come up with your name on your screen as D's Nuts at independently of me saying balls no i did it after i saw that you said balls (laughs) because i was like oh we really are of the same maturity (laughs) level Uh, who's d